Hi, everybody. I'm Vince. And I'm Emily. And you're listening to The Lighthouse Lowdown. It's a great foghorn. Love it. Can you believe I made that intro music before I even started the podcast? Before we were even Lighthouse Lowdowners? Yeah, I like, I like to make things, like, if I go, if I have an idea, I go all in. Before it even proves to be like something that I'll continue, you know. Yeah. So I have a lot of hobbies that I've started, spent a bunch of lo- money on, and then abandoned promptly afterwards. There's only a couple hobbies that have made it. Well, here we are. We've dumped a little <laughs> bit of money into this, and we're at the lighthouse lowdown. Should I do this again? <laughs> <laughs> we're getting it started. This is our representative history oh buoy for you're today. Go- you're jumping in. We're jumping. Coast Guard. History buoy. This is one of the, mm, I was going to say five, I'm not sure. One of the several buoys that is eventually going to be involved with the lighthouse we're talking about today. Oh. But. These don't look like buoys for people that aren't watching. Big Um, buoy. Vince has pulled up a picture of a strange Coast Guard buoy. It's a big modern buoy. I assume those are handrails on it. Yeah, it looks like one of those, um, the merry-go-rounds that you would, that Mm. had a bunch of bars on it to Mm. hang on to. Yep. You ever so. fallen off one of those? No, I've, I've ever fallen off. Yeah. No, I've never fallen <laughs> off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just see America videos around? of people, yeah, who go really, oh, really no. fast and then fly off. No, and we, I feel like that's something that, that like guys would have done when they were like hanging out with their bros. We did. We never got that. Okay. Never got that. We, we didn't have the internet when I was a kid, so. Oh. Not really. You had to get the idea. So we from just somewhere. had to like, you know, oh my gosh, it was so fun, so crazy. Um. <laughs> There was no comparing. So this is a buoy, but the history buoy today is the word fetch. As in, that's so fetch. No. Really? Are we actually? Yeah. I'm (laughs) defining fetch. Do you know what fetch means? I mean, there's several definitions. I mean, yes. I mean, one of them's nautical. We'll get to it. So uh, fetch is a verb. Number one, go for and then bring back uh, for someone to fetch something like a dog would fetch. Right. But the nautical is a noun. And it is the distance traveled by wind or waves across open water. Okay. And so I was like, so the distance of the water, like a linear distance. Mm -hmm. So I looked further into it because I wanted to know. So it's that as well as the distance the wind blows unobstructed over water, especially in the case where it's a factor affecting the buildup of waves. Okay. So wind among tides and other factors builds up waves. And eventually there's a point where at uh, the wind's critical speed matching the wave speed, if the wind is no longer adding to the wave height, Mm -hmm. then it will white top and wash out. Okay. So that's why sometimes you have different components of crazy storms building up. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of fun. It's a fetch. It's a distance where I'm going to, I'm going to say it's a distance where the wind contributes to the wave building. Okay. Because that's. What does that have to do with our buoy? Well, it's a, I just chose the buoy because it's a history buoy. I see. Oh, sorry. I see. We never a show visual. a buoy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's another thing we should do. Vince and I are working on a logo, Vince a new buoys. logo for our um, our podcast, and maybe I should make a history buoy page yeah. for what we're doing a history buoy. That's like a little buoy. That'd be great. Some people will see that this episode we are announcing a giveaway. Yes, giveaway, giveaway. <laughs> We're giving away a 20-ounce Stanley tumbler mm-hmm. with a custom engraved logo that no one has ever seen before. Oh, yeah. The logo is ours. New logo. 
new, new logo. Lighthouse Lowdown logo. Yeah, 20 ounce. Uh, it's light blue, mm-hmm. and it's going to have the Lighthouse Lowdown and our logo, our new logo on it. It's if exciting. It's like our first piece of merchandise. That's right. First merch, Lighthouse merch. Lowdown. First, uh, what do they call that? Original print? I don't know. Anyways, first release. <laughs> if you're looking at the YouTube video right now, you should see the image on screen. Meow. Okay, that's what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, enter. You have until December 25th, Christmas Day. At that time, we'll be looking at whoever subscribes to our email notifications. So to do that, you go to our website, which is thelighthouselowdown.com. On the right-hand side, it asks you only two questions. One is, what's your first name? You can really put whatever you want there. Yeah. And the second is, what is your email? You click go, and then in your email, you'll have to uh, see that email come in and click confirm. And that's it. That's all yeah. you got to do. So doing that just means that when we post a new episode on the podcast, you'll get an email telling you, just a, a notification in your email that we posted a new episode. So I think that's the only time you should get emails from us. And yep. When you subscribe for the first time for this giveaway, uh, you'll get an email. Make sure you check your your spam folder and confirm your email with the message that comes in because then we'll be able to reach out to you if you do win the Stanley Cup and get your address so we can ship it out to you. And this is only within the U.S., so sorry to our international listeners, but we got to keep it yep. U.S. But only. Anyone subscribed to the email is eligible? Yes. So we'll be pulling a name from that list on the 25th, and we'll let you know shortly afterwards. If you don't respond soon, we'll have to move on. Right. But we appreciate everybody. So be vigilant. So. Exciting. Giveaway. 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 (laughs) So. Oh. We are jumping right into our lighthouse. Do you know. This looks. This lighthouse. Do you recognize? No, I don't. (gasps) Wait. Pacific Northwest. Is this disappointment? Father of the Northwest Lighthouses. This is Cape Disappointment Lighthouse. Yes. So I wanted to talk about a shipwreck, and that was going to be our episode today. Okay. There's a ship called the Oriole. We're going to talk oh, all about I've it. I've heard of it. The Oriole has an interesting history we're going to we're going to cover, but uh, it wrecked near Cape Disappointment. And I was like, I'll just have a short episode this week. It's going to be great. It's just about the Oriole. It was oh, involved and in A, B, and C. Sucked in. And then I got sucked in. Yeah. As ships do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> An excellent segue. Near, near Cape Disappointment. So, um, this is an incredible photo. I you should go to our YouTube and see the photos that Vince is putting up. You really should. This is a cool one because I like the water washing down. I'm going to show you several photos of this. I believe that's called Dead Man's Cove. Ooh. Yeah. Um, there's trails nearby. There's lots of visitors centers and activities in this area. Astoria is nearby for those of you who are interested, but I'm going to pull up a map because I like to do that. Yeah. Cape Disappointment Lighthouse is here. Nice. You'll also have another lighthouse up here called North Head, which we'll talk about. It's okay. famous as well. Cape Disappointment State Park. You zoom out. This is the entrance to the Columbia River, or I, guess I should say the mouth of the Columbia River, which outflows into the Pacific Ocean. The story is a town I mentioned. Cool okay. town. I have been there. Um, you zoom out. There's Seattle, Portland. So here we are. Well, re- it's right on the edge of Oregon, the top mm-hmm. of Oregon. It is the border, this uh, waterway. Oh, right oh here. it's Washington. So technically it is in Washington. Oh. Yeah. We'll talk a lot about this, but I'm going to close the map for the moment. Okay. Uh, yeah, I get distracted. 
this is another map. Anytime I love you maps. have a map up, I'm like, oh, look, a pub. There's you a know, I always get distracted. Like, what's in Astoria? Yeah. But Can how, you zoom in on that? When we visit, where are we going to go? Totally unrelated to the lighthouse. You mentioned blackberry pie. Mm. <laughs> All right. So the Columbia River, I mentioned. I need to stress this because when you get to the mouth of the river, you have a very extreme weather area mm-hmm. and the, the sandbar, which is at the mouth of the river, we're going to talk about that, comes from this effect. So the Columbia River is 1,200 miles and it goes way up into Canada there, into the, the northern Rockies. Yeah. And then all of these tributaries, I think is the word, contribute to the outflow at the Columbia River. Oh, it goes out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's flowing West. Nice. Into the ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what that's called. Delta. Delta's the outlet. So. Sediment. So it's, <laughs> you'll see, <laughs> you'll see. But the Columbia River is a huge collection. You know, Mount Rainier is in this area. The mm-hmm. Rockies are here. All of the Pacific Northwest basically comes out of the Columbia River. I vaguely feel like we've talked about Columbia River, this outlet yes. being very dangerous. Is it, did we cover the lighthouse on the other side of this mouth? We've talked about, um, so to get back to the Oriole, and I might say this twice, Okay. the Oriole was a ship and it was commissioned by a company I'll quote later, but the ship was responsible for building eight lighthouses on the West Coast oh. and, and carrying the materials other than the brick and exterior okay. rock stone yeah. uh, for those lighthouses. And it crashed at the Columbia River Bar, which is, mm. uh, and it had supplies to build Cape Disappointment Lighthouse. Oh, the I Oriole see. just previously to that crash had delivered to the Alcatraz Island lighthouse. Okay. So it had come all the way around Cape Horn from the East coast of the United States with materials to build lighthouses. And, uh, it did crash. So I think that was our connection because when I covered Alcatraz Island light, I heard about the Oriole mm-hmm. in that we, I actually have a quoted amount of notes. We talked about the Oriole and I, then contributing to this story as well. I know I talked about Colum- the Columbia river and I think, would you? This doesn't have to be included, but can you no. just go back to the map out and zoom in and see? Oh, the uh, Google map. Yeah. Yes, I can. Here's our map. All right, zoom out and go to the other side. Down south. Yeah. Good baby. There's one in here. Lightship Columbia. Did we talk about that? Is this oh, there's your buoy. Is terrible Tilly around here or something? Uh, Tillamook Rock is north. Ah, that's what it was. Isn't it? No, it's south. Excuse me. Okay, so that's. So we haven't. This was the other. We haven't aired Tillamook Rock, right? No. Oh, it's a good episode. I know. I'm excited. Tillamook Rock. You and Alan and Nathan have to do it. Is Look at that picture that comes up. Tillamook Rock, Terrible Tilly is going to be an awesome episode. Yeah, this whole we, area is really cool. You guys have heard all about it, us trying to cover Tillamook and failing because of technical difficulties. But we had a winner for a raffle of being a guest on the podcast um, at a party. <laughs> And uh, we're thinking that they're going to cover, those winners are going to cover Tillamook Rock. With us, of course. Yes. It'll be a boys episode. Oh, my gosh. Emily will be pouring drinks. (laughs) All right. Yes. So here we got Cape Disappointment. I just wanted to show this, and you can read if you'd like. Yeah, powerful water. Um, Yellowstone's in this. uh, The whole area is Pacific Northwest. So powerful water. This is a zoom in again. So we're looking here is the lighthouse. The sandbar is formed here, and it's formed by twice a day the tides because uh, of the moon, mm-hmm. which we should probably cover as a history buoy. Oh, flow outward with an extra surge of flow, and so the the tide changing creates a sandbar under 
water here. That's about like three miles away from the coastline. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Or and maybe five miles. So about five miles out, we're gonna, I'm going to actually be quoting myself later. Five miles out is when ships start to navigate around the sandbar okay. using uh, Cape Disappointment. Oh. And other navigational beacons of history. So the Cape Disappointment's used more as like a, a like long distance light than a like nap. It's not, it's not as much navigating you into the. It is. So Astoria is here uh, where the label Columbia river is at for those mm -hmm. of you who aren't sitting with us. Um, and so Astoria is a major trading port and it has been for a long time as well as today. There's lots of business developed here. So the, the ships will go to the South and line up and then, um, come north to avoid the bar line up with Cape disappointment. Yes. Okay. And the challenge is we'll talk about, um, I think it's the Oriole that I quoted. They're, they're talking about how they're, they've waited eight days outside of the bar oh. for, for good weather and the weather. So there's lots of fog in the area. There's yeah. lots of wind changes as well as storms, as well as you can count on the tides and like ships will start to come in when, the tide is favorable and the winds will change. And if it's a sailing ship of old, then all of a sudden you had power and now you don't have power. Yeah. So you start sliding into the sandbar or sliding into the landmass. So it's a difficult area to navigate right. and it just can't be avoided. Um, lots of people have taken efforts to life save around this area, mm -hmm. which is still continued today. We're going to talk about that too. Okay. Kind of neat. Life saving stations. Mm-hmm. It's a history book that I want to do, so don't go too far in depth. Okay. <laughs> so I you can't have, take you can't take multiple subjects in one podcast episode. I'm telling you, this is just a big chunk. You're stealing everything. I'm not stealing everything. All right. Continue. Disappointment. Disappointment. <laughs> disappointment. 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 That's the disappointment. Theme. So these are my photos from a trip I took in 2014. Wow. With my dad, my brother, and some family members. This is the trip. Um, it's a personal story, but I took a shot of wine. Remember that? Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not Skittles. that good of a story. but So uh, I, I cannot tell you which bridge this is. And I looked for a long time. This is not Cape Disappointment we're looking at. Okay. But this is Pacific Northwest. We went to Astoria. We did the whole, um, oh my gosh, what's the giant national park? Mount Hood. Mount Rainier? Yeah, Mount Rainier. The, the whole Olympic Peninsula, Isn't Olympic National Park. Oh, I, think. I thought there was a Rainier, Rainier uh, National Park. I'm sorry, I have to <laughs> go look at the map because I'm an idiot. Everyone that there's thousands, <laughs> tens, hundreds of thousands of people are going to be like, yeah, bro, oh, Olympic, Olympic yeah. National Park, Olympic National Forest. So uh, I've been to Victoria. I've been to Port Angeles. That's where my family was from. My dad's family, oh. his grandparents, Squim. It's a cool town yeah. for you lighthouse lovers that are also fans of twilight forks is up here oh my gosh no way we went to forks um oh th those are my people <gasps> little town so wow. fa fantastic blackberry pie in the summertime by the way so oh. i say all this my dad drove us and i was a kid i was what 18 so i didn't know where we were going yeah but uh this bridge i took pictures here and the next slide of the bridge below that i wanted i wanted to express the fog that we saw the massive, this is a very high bridge. Mm -hmm. And then this is like a whirlpool. So this was the tide kind of slowly changing, I think. And my dad knows more about this. I need to ask him where, hey, where are we in this picture? But this is a passage of fog over him standing oh. on the bridge. It was just really cool. 
Um, it was a really neat experience. It's weird, like weather phenomena going on. Yeah, crazy weather. And this is midsummer, um, like August probably. Yeah. So maybe late summer, but crazy weather, very powerful water, and a the tides. I had never experienced that being a Kansas boy, seeing the impact of rivers outflowing into the the ocean. So big impact. I just wanted to share these photos because I I took them and I thought they were kind of neat. Um, I also took this picture. Which chip remnants. One, one, I keep throwing chips on the pile, but one more chip on the pile of, um, this is near Cape Disappointment, like very nearby. And this is, uh, I want to say 1930s, the shipwrecked. They stripped it of metal and then they left the frame. So the frame is still there for people to go see as a public park thing. Mm-hmm. It's a very, if you look up that beach, you'll see that. Thousands of pictures of that. There's Sunset, Fort Stevens State Park. Boom. Oh, wow. So again, things to see, lighthouse tourism, I'm actually going to cover as its own thing coming okay. up. Yeah. Kind of how to. Lighthouse but park. Yeah. If you're going to go see a, a town like Astoria, which uh, the Goonies is based in Astoria oh, as well. All right. Um, you know, you're going to see stuff like that. So 42,000 photos from the state park. Very highly rated. So uh, that's for the moment. I'm going to take a pause, but I wanted to emphasize the weather has caused quite a bit of drama. Okay. And here we have a sketch. The sketch was created before the lighthouse was actually built. So uh, let's talk about it. <laughs> All right. We talked about the Columbia River treacherous bar. There were 234 identified ships that stranded, sank, or burned oh. uh, within the mouth of the river between Gosh. 1725 and 1961. Nowadays, we're much better at navigating as well as lifesaving. Mm-hmm. So the kind of drop off was in the 1960s. So this is. Um, this is a watercolor that was made from a sketch and what's written there. I couldn't really read it myself, but it's translated. It's basically giving credit to who sketched it and then who did the watercolor. Okay. And so, um, the dis- I want to talk about the discovery of the cove first. Mm-hmm. So we have native Americans living in the area. Then there are Spanish settlers and then there are European, other European ship goers. So 1792, uh, a man named Robert Gray was the first European to successfully uh, cross the bar. Uh, I believe he was also the first to circumnavigate the globe okay. from wow. from Europe. Um, and he named the river after his ship, which was the Columbia Redeviva. Um, so Columbia River. The north side, we have the Cape that is this Cape Disappointment. Um, first named by a Spanish man, Captain John Mears. Okay. After sa- <laughs> after what? trying to seek shelter from a turbulent sea, 1788, Mears wrote, quote, Disappointment continued to accompany us. C- accompany us. We can safely exert that no river, San Rogue, exists. He was looking for the, oh my gosh, my mind's blanking, the river that crossed the United States that doesn't exist. The no. Northwest Passage. Never heard of that. We talked about it in school many years ago. The Northwest Passage was a river that, a lot of people were looking for. They assumed it would cross the entire continent. Oh, that's interesting. A river that would allow ships to pass all of the inland without going around the Horn of Africa, which is treacherous, scary, long way. So this is the 1700s. He was looking for it and disappointment came from his quote. So, uh, another prominent explorer, we talked about Robert Gray. Um, he named it. Sorry. Yeah. Just to clarify they named it Cape Disappointment because they were looking for this river across right. the continent, and they didn't find it, so they named this yes. Cape. Di- oh, 
That's hilarious. That's I was wondering why they decided to name it that. I was like, yeah. there's got to be some good story behind it. Yeah, that was the original seeking shelter, looking for the Northwest Passage. And Columbia River is so large that yeah. um, it was actually, so these explorers had difficulty even entering the river mouth mm. to, and time just moved slow back then. If yeah. you enter and then you get upstream, um, the Chinook Indians were in the area. So there was Indian oh. and fur trading going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but how far does this river go? It wasn't really a conversation. The Indians probably had never traveled more than, yeah. you know, maybe a hundred miles. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, but no one had gone all the way up to the Canadian Rockies on this river. So it wasn't mapped yet. Um, so, uh, Robert Gray, who's a prominent name to this day in that area, discovered a lot. He was another explorer. He named the Cape Cape Hancock, oh. um, in 1792, but later he named it again to disappointment when he learned that it had already been named by Captain Mears. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, agreed. So the this is in the 1700s, the early navigation in the area. A white flag was placed on top of the cape that originally uh, marked the river entrance. Uh, and then three prominent spruce trees were planted, and those were used to line up. And so when you'd oh. see them line up, they were, what is it, range lights? Oh, yeah, right? range lights before there were lights. So they would line up with these three trees five miles offshore head for the southerly tip of the cape to navigate through the deepest part of the river so to keep them away from the rocks yeah. and bar. Um, a lighthouse was officially recommended in 1848 as one of the first on the West Coast. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, um, later than you would anticipate, but yeah. if it's the first over there, then... Unsettled, guess, crazy yeah. west. Right. right? Uh, 1852, a contract was entered for its construction. Originally, th- it was $31,000, uh, but the amount was augmented by $7,500 due to certain modifications, okay, which we'll talk about. Oh, modifications, okay. You have seen this design before. Oh, a reused? But not as it was built. Oh, You'll what? see why. <laughs> so this image, I find it really interesting. Here's why. A man named Hartman Bach, Bach? Oh, I'm call B-A-C-H-E. Bach. B-A-C-H-E was a lieutenant member of the Army Topographical Engineers. He surveyed locations for the first eight light stations that were to be constructed on the West Coast. It was a whole new deal. So he's the one to decide where they were going to be built? Yep. Nice. He, a lot of pressure. Uh, later, he was promoted to major, also military this whole time, was assigned to the Lighthouse Board as inspector of the 4th District, which is <laughs> this area. Yeah. 1855, um, he transferred to the 12th District, which is the whole West Coast, as inspector, and his office was in San Francisco. So he made quite a name for himself. Okay in the lighthouse world, especially on the West Coast. Um, He thought it was important to chronicle the new stations uh, and that he traveled to the sites. He made his own measurements and and drawings. So this is a realistic view, a sketch of the area before the lighthouse was there by by him. Oh, yeah. Hartman Bach. I see his little, his name. Yep. When he returned to San Francisco, a draftsman, who's the other man named uh, Sandgren, uh, rendered the drawings into watercolors. The above is Cape Disappointment. Nice. Uh, that man, Hartman Bach, is also the great-grandson of Benjamin Franklin. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's and, wild. And himself, he was a part of the Lighthouse Board, uh, the board, from mm-hmm. 1862 to 1870. So he was uh, one of the OGs of USLHS. Um, in recommending 
a lighthouse and five buoys to the channel. Uh, William MacArthur of the U.S. Coast Guard wrote, quote, The greatly increasing commerce of Oregon demands that these improvements be made immediately. Within the last 18 months, more vessels have crossed the Columbia River bar than had crossed it perhaps all the time past. And during that time, no vessel has received the slightest injury and but few oh. have met with much delay. So oh, yeah. I think he's saying that they can pass, but it's becoming a problem with tra- like yeah, traffic, traffic and also delay. Like it, to, to be able to do good business, you need to have reliable timing. So Yeah, and people have to know what to expect too. Like to have not, to not have something consistent is problematic. Right. You're like, yeah, you'll get through sometime. Yeah. You know. So we've talked about them before, but there's contractors on the East Coast called Gibsons and Kelly of Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. They're the lighthouse people mm-hmm. of the time, the architects, okay. engineers. Builders. So um, they were already starting, their their contract had begun, and four of the lighthouses out of the eight had already started construction. Oh, wow. When they were busy. They had dispatched the Oriole to Cape Disappointment. Okay. September 18th of 1853, after waiting offshore for eight days in conditions, four conditions to improve, the Oriole attempted to cross the bar and wrecked slightly below the Cape. No! 32-man crew narrowly escaped with their lives, but both the vessel and all building supplies on board were lost. Oh, now, originally I had more notes. They're like talking about, oh, it went up it went up on its, oh. uh, on its ends and yes. everything was lost. And There's pictures of it. Yeah. I think they are paintings. But oh. <laughs> so. So, so. Did that affect the building of Cape Disappointment at all? Like, did two, it get two year delay? Oh. two years, because you have to build. <sighs> this is ve- very specialized equipment. Like the like the lantern room was yeah. one of those items. The staircases. They- oh, on the ship. Oh, gosh, I scared. I thought you said the like the. I thought even the lens was on the ship. I was like, no. But they would have shipped that separately, I assume, from Unfact. France. What? They they weren't a uh, frontal lens design at the time. Oh, that's right. So they were designing at this time to use, this is really cool. I've never seen this before. So on the bottom left screen, you're going to see what we've seen before. So this is an automatic oil lamp, meaning that there's a pump you set up, and the pump pumps oil, then it burns, and you have a reflector here. Mm-hmm. The image above it, top left, is a chandelier of those assemblies. Right. So that was the original design for the lantern room at Cape Disappointment, okay. as well as many other lantern yeah. or lighthouses on the West Coast. Right. Um, so... During construction, it took so long, plus the two-year delay, that they decided, you know what, this is outdated, and this is an important endeavor. We're going to go ahead and use the first-order frontal lens. Before it even lit. Before it even lit. Ooh. But they said they set up the reflectors before that? They didn't have them active, but they okay. were they were in place. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. yeah maybe. And so, I'm going to read this paragraph. Lots of expenses. Uh, again, it was delayed. that the, the construction was again delayed after these two years. Um, because it was discovered that the upper diameter of the tower was not large enough to accommodate the lantern room for the new four-ton first-order frontal lens manufactured in Paris by Louis Sauter and Company. The entire tower had to be dismantled brick by brick and rebuilt. Uh, It was on accident that the diameter was too small? or They didn't think about it. They made a mistake, an engineering mistake. They they were planning on having reflectors, so it didn't matter. Which, you know, I don't know the scale of this, but... It's bound to be much smaller than a first-order lens, which we've talked about, the scale of those. Yeah, definitely. And you could adjust the size of a, like a chandelier of reflectors better than a Fresnel lens. You, have, you can't. I mean, they rebuilt the lighthouse rather than get a smaller Fresnel yep. lens. So 
Yep. So, but what what order is in there, or was in there first? First order. Okay. Was wow. installed later. A fourth order. Oh. When the first order lens was sent to North Head Lighthouse, which is mm. that one just just up north. Yeah. North Head. I haven't figured out why. It's more prominent. It was slightly newer, um, and it it became the new West Coast. Uh, the more the, ideal the lighthouse. Yeah. But Cape Disappointment was the original. It's the the matriarchy. So this drawing you have on the screen, that's not what Cape Disappointment looks like. It's not. <laughs> but that was the design. So this company we just talked about, I got to go back. Frank's, what are they? <laughs> Gibsons and Kelly of Baltimore. They were contracted to draw one design that was going to be used on the East Coast. Oh. And then again on all of the West Coast, eight lighthouses at okay. once. They were planning on them all matching. This is what was built at Alcatraz Island as the first lighthouse. Oh, yeah. Because it was built right before on the same contract. Mm -hmm. But they couldn't build it here and also one other location out of the eight. I can't remember which one. Because there wasn't enough land mass. Okay. Yeah, because it's pretty pointy, yep. the land that it's on. If we'll go look at that. The land it's on, yeah. even in the preliminary sketch, doesn't have room for any other outbuildings. Right. He's like, yep, tower. Yeah, we got that's That's about it. So uh, this was varied upon for that reason. Okay. But this was the this was the engineered drawing. And part of that makes me think as an engineer, that's why. I mean, look at the window being adjacent to the roof like that. Yeah. doesn't. That's doesn't not going to be right. built that way. The chimneys are so close to the edge that might not be accurate. You know, wh where is grade at? So Just a very preliminary sketch. I get carried away. But they're like, lighthouse, important. This they also assumed that in this drawing that the um, lighthouse was going to be on slanted ground and you'd have to accommodate the window yep. to fit that. <laughs> yeah, your <laughs> window's like, going to be underground. I, we, but the, the first time we looked at this, I didn't think about it. Yeah. But mistakes were made. Mm -hmm. I'll give them some grace. They were a little bit more engineery than me. Oh, yeah. But uh, where this... This is a story and a half dwelling, split in half, you know, two different living quarters. going on. Um, where this could not be erected, which is two places, they instead did a standalone tower and separate housing, kind of custom built, I will say, um, which probably didn't add to the cost effectiveness right. nor speed. So this Very is the cool. OG. This is a 15-inch cannon, which we'll talk about. The West Coast likes having really big lantern rooms compared to the size of their yeah. lighthouses. Other towers. Yeah, huge lantern. It's room. like first half order lens. The size. And it's on a cliff, as we saw. I think they said the range was twenty-two miles. We're going to talk about dimensions here in a second. Okay. But there's a there's three images. This is the first one that I see. Like I smile because I'm like, this could be a rap album cover. Like <laughs> a guy with a cannon. <laughs> and the two guys like hanging out. Like I'm going to go on the upper. And I'm you, going. You I'll go, go on, on the top, gallery. You go on bottom. Yeah. And then the three guys sitting They're casually. Leading. Next to a big bell. You know, they sent like 20 minutes setting up for this photo. That's hilarious. And, then, you know, they probably had to sit there for a long time, too. Yeah. Fun thing um, for me, I like guns. They're interesting. Cannons. These are elevation notches. So they would lock a pin in one mm. of these elevations to Neat. aim the gun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you're into cannons, you'll see that that's not super. Look at those cannon balls. balls in there. So I'm going to, we're going to, yeah, we'll stay here. It's fine. When Cape Disappointment was first lit, it was uh, 1856 in October. Uh, became the eighth active, remember October, we'll go back to that. The eighth active light on the West Coast in total. Mm -hmm. uh, six of the original eight were built from the form of that tower we just saw. Right. And the two like integral were. Integral kind of. Yep. Integral, story and a half, same drawing, same lens. Um, the two that didn't work for were Cape Disappointment, as shown. And then another one, 
uh, Farallon Island. Okay. I think that's near San Francisco. Didn't look too deeply into it for the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a detached dwelling. So like, yeah, like a modified version. Quoted a considerable distance away, which will come into play. But this, what is this? This is a later design, which is why I, I, oh, sh- I, I shouldn't have okay. jumped to it. Yeah, but this you. is a fog bell. Right. Um, this, I think 1,600 pounds. We'll talk all numbers. But that looks about right. An oil house. Uh, but not these are not residences. So Makes the brick sense. tower dimensions, 53 feet tall. Focal plane is 220 feet above the sea. Wow. So pretty high. Very high up there. Um, tapers from a diameter of 14 feet, 4 inches at its base to 10 foot 6 at the lantern room. Uh, it was also fitted, this fog bell was 1,600 pounds. Oh my gosh. It's a big bell. That is a big bell. But it was useless. It's like humans. Like, why? <laughs> It was quoted many times as useless uh, because, and disappointing, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> because of the roar of the surf and the distance at which ships needed to hear that bell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you said it was five miles out before people started to use it. So, yeah. no way. So, in fog conditions, you, you'd be careful as you could. Yeah. As a ship captain, but okay, the fog bell, you need to not only hear it, but also be able to perceive a direction. Yeah. There's a cliff below it. It's in the air, like 220 feet above you. So um, the first keeper was there before the light was even lit. His name was John Boyd. Um, I've heard that name before. It mentioned that he was crippled, but it didn't, it never said how. Uh, and many of the, so I read a bunch of correspondence between John Boyd and our gentleman, uh, Bach, mm-hmm. who, who was promoted and he was John Boyd's supervisor okay. in San Francisco. Yeah. I read, they corresponded all the time, which is great for history. But mm-hmm. And if he was an inspector, then he probably came by. He was very, he seemed to be good at his job. Yeah. Very militant. Thorough. Yeah. Um, like, for example, they talked about, uh, you shall whitewash the walls only so often as is required and not too often to deteriorate the situation, uh, the materials as well as spend too much money. And, you know, he's yeah. like, I heard a report <laughs> that upon inspection, it was of, outstanding appearance and it was like make sure you're budgeting well he's like (laughs) that better be at budget in the same letter he said you you are not permitted in any capacity to change i'm paraphrasing yes any colors of paint anywhere on this entire grounds and and he's He's like this white is too white (laughs) john boyd was like well we painted something that was red to white that way it would cast the light better into the room we're working in um is that acceptable he's like you know white is more light casting yeah. than red and it was red and so anyways lots of lots of back and forth but john boyd was a good old boy somehow crippled and i just have to get that out of the way because it, it mentions it capacity. a bunch yeah um but he endured a lot of hardships at cape disappointment fitting the name and he died on duty eventually in 1865 Yikes. also october what from didn't say dang I don't know if it was an accident or if he was old. It sounded because he was crippled. Maybe he died of his disablement, whatever yeah. that might have been. Um, Some kind of like old wound or yeah. something. It, it could oh have gosh, been a war know. wound. I mean, for example, these cannons were for the Civil War, which just blows my mind. Yeah. They, they were so. I'm um, sure someone out there knows, if you know. Yeah. What took How John out. Boyd died. Yeah. If you can Google better than <laughs> I can, please let me know. So he faced a lot of turmoil both from the lighthouse, just everything that comes with managing that, the sea, the weather conditions, Mm -hmm. and then other keepers. The first fall season, remember, they just opened door in October. They just lit the light. Yeah. 
this letter was in November. Oh, prompt. The keepers found standing water. Oh, excuse me. Not yet. They found standing watch in the tower unpleasant in the cool weather. Oh. Boyd sent the following request to Hartman Bach, the lighthouse board superintendent for the West Coast in San Francisco. Quote, as the winter advances, we find it very damp, cold, and uncomfortable watching the light without a fire in the tower. As oh the my. dwelling is situated so far from the tower, those having the watch of the light uh-huh. are obliged to sleep there. Oh. Yeah. We require a small stove very much and shall suffer very much without one yeah. through the long cold nights. Oh my goodness. Uh, one that we could heat oil and water with would be preferable. Bach and Boyd will continue correspondence. That's my, that's my note. Cause there's so many things that could have included yeah. between the two and there's a couple more, but um, he went on to argue. Bach said, no, we can't do that. If we do give you a stove, it'll be for a nearby building, not the tower. Um, another tower I've heard of uh, again, of course, paraphrasing. Yes. Um, there's no way to install the flu for your stove. It can't oh. be inside at risk of oil fire. And if you flew it out through the external wall, you have to penetrate that wall. And also the smoke from the stove can impede the light. Yeah. And we just can't have that, you know, like, yeah, they gave a lot of thought to these things. Oh, definitely. And, but the answer was basically no. So cold, oh. cold gentleman. Um, so now fast forward, it's the civil war a couple years later fortifications were added there's a fort nearby i don't remember what it was called but this is still a military site uh, oh. at the time okay so, so they were using it for like a defense purposes yep okay. um they had a 15 inch gun which is shown there um, discharged in 1865 i don't know if it was to fire on a ship or if it was a test fire or what oh. uh, but the concussion broke 11 panes of glass in the <gasps> tower's lantern room no yep Keeper Boyd suggested that the lighthouse should be relocated uh, because they were not going to give up the cannon's position on this cliff. That's stupid. And it is so close to that lighthouse. Yeah. I'm not. There's I, several of them. Let's see if I have another picture. I'm surprised that the force of that thing going off would shatter glass, like still a considerable distance away. Look at this gun. Uh, this is another rap album picture. Yeah, ladies, fine ladies. in full dress posing next to a gun. gun. So another gun. I think that's a separate one that's nearby but for now we'll stay here so um the answer was no no changes will be made Mm -hmm. uh quote all windows in the lighthouse buildings are to be opened and all precautions taken if possible to prevent injury to the lens lamp and other pieces of apparatus connected to the lighthouse just survive the concussive (laughs) concussive force (laughs) so here's some cannonballs Nice. What is all this uh, found concrete like foundation stuff going on? So they talked a lot about concrete foundations in their letters. The the cellars of all the buildings would fill with water. Okay. They talked about different pumps they'd use and how in four hours they'd be full again. So they cemented a lot of cellars and built up a lot of these areas okay. as well. And I think they had money to do that with the guns that came from right. the military. It was kind of a, a you know, getting, we yeah. need the lighthouse to be working. And also mm-hmm. we got to have a good spot for our cannons. Look at the size of those things. It's be so heavy. How do you even lift them in there? I I don't know. I have no idea. There was actually a video on how to fire one of these guns, but oh, so you went deep, deep on tangents. I've spent a lot of time <laughs> learning about Cape <key laughs> Disappointment. Watching videos on how to load these—that's hilarious. Yeah, they had actually a video I watched on the guys. They still have one of these guns on like the East Coast. Uh, one of the same Civil War era 15-inch cannons. They had a cool name. I forgot what it was called. Some some last name, but yeah. like Johnson Gun or something. But um, 
I wouldn't say that's a cool name. <laughs> it's some last name. Rodman. <laughs> it was a Rodman oh, gun. Oh, that is better. Yeah. That was in Dennis Rodman. Anyways, <laughs> getting all the rebounds. Um, in the video, they're like, it's a Civil War reenactment where they load it and they turn their heads and they fire and yeah. the guy pulls out the plunger and they're going to reload it again except that there's no fire there's like a bell they chime so it's oh like oh my god <laughs> and then the guys you know recover now they reload it that's so funny made me smile well uh, the force to knock out panes of glass that far up weren't these guys like just knocked back to the ground like i don't get it well if you think about technology at that time they were I mean, cannon technology. They were literally loading powder charges and throwing a ball at the enemy, yeah. you know, a ball of metal. Like, they didn't have rockets. You know, cartridges for firearms were different, mm -hmm. primitive. Like, so I think there's a lot of wasted energy in the firing of a cannonball at that time compared to what we have now, of course. But I think the concussive force would just destroy everything. I mean, people would lose hearing. Yeah. Um, you could probably be killed by it if you're standing at or near the barrel so they would load it and then try and get out of the area yeah i mean ah. still to today like artillery crews um i don't know much so someone please tell us more but the videos i've seen they load and when they prepare to fire everybody basically covers so they yeah. duck down and cover their ears and you know Scary. like one guy pulls a string and today it's probably electronic but a firing mechanism mm -hmm. um and i think that procedure has kind of been the same for a while so everyone around it's military trained, but the lighthouse keepers are not, not yeah, really. No. So they're just next to this thing. Unless it's just by happenstance that they yeah. came from that background. I'm not aware of any civil war activity on the West coast with ships and, and this Columbia river. I can't I, imagine. I don't know of it with my historical knowledge. I do know there's a Japanese sub that surfaced in world war two yeah. near this area, mm -hmm. um, which the lighthouse is still there. It's still there today. So kind of neat. So this picture you have up has a lot more buildings going on. Every time you put you pull mm. a picture, it's more buildings. Yeah, this is like 1930, pretty sure. Um, and so we have a lot, a lot more going on. The cannon is removed now because it was right here. Ah. The cannonballs were there, so we're no longer at active war, and okay. the cannons are gone at this time. Is there a stove in any of these buildings? There's also see that cable, so that's electricity yeah. or telephone. Mm -hmm. um, they installed a radio tower there. We'll talk about right. as well, but. Is there any uh, stove? Yeah. I I don't. Oh, yeah. Look at the chimney right there. Nice. In this building, which is, I think, like a watch, like a guard tower. It's not It's not the residences because they still don't have room on this cliff for the house. And it's not the Foghorn building? Uh, I believe that is. Because that might be like a steam. Oh, you know what? You might have got me there. That might be what that is. There wasn't a lot of tagging on this. Uh, Cape Disappointment this Delivers. One. Uh, one of the biggest annoyances, I, I just have to guess at some of this stuff. Yeah. One of the biggest annoyances was the dwelling. So they talked about several feet of water in the cellar. They couldn't store vegetables. It would freeze during the winter. Yikes. It would make everything damp. Yeah. Um, eventually, they eventually just concreted it. So they filled the cellars, which is part of what we see here, mm -hmm. is more and more concrete everywhere. Um, at one time, Keeper Boyd, still on duty, and the assistants uh, didn't receive their salary for five quarters what yeah they started to live off of credit all of them oh no mm -hmm. how did that happen you know it was some of the letters i read and they were cordial the whole time yeah. but john was writing like hey these guys are going to give up you know there, there's an example i'm just about to, to cover uh where 
someone comes to make improvements to like a carpenter comes to the house to like extend the house, make a, an, an addition. Mm-hmm. And he says, Hey, can you guys dig post holes? Cause the assistants are just assistants. And John is, he's crippled. So he points and tells people what to do. He's yeah. very intelligent, but he's not a physical laborer. And one of the guys does the work and the other guy's like, no, it's not my job. He's like, what, what am I supposed to do with this military, you know, type of, format we have and someone who just doesn't obey yeah and now you're not paying them like what do, what do i have left mm. um they were also doing other activities like when the tower was first built they had a cart and several oxen that were used uh bach was in the letter he's like yeah just hold on to them they may be of use um but they've already paid for maybe we'll use them in another lighthouse in the future maybe so the ox f- yeah find find a place for the oxen and oh the cart. yeah in all the room that they have mm-hmm. on this cape yep so they did. John was industrious and he knew local people and he got some people to watch him. And then eventually a letter from Box said, sell them at no less than $100 per head and sell the wagon for no less than $125. Upon selling them, you'll go to the local office and wire the money directly to, you know, my yeah, account. Don't worry, I'll take care of it. Yeah. So <laughs> John was put through a lot. Um, but yeah, so in the letters I got carried away, John said, hey, the, if the government is like insolvent, like if there's a if there's a shutdown at the time, yeah. you know, like let us know. But I don't know how to manage the situation. Yeah. And so eventually they were paid, but yeah, they were living on credit and they didn't have credit cards, right? So they were going to stores like for rations, it's, yeah, and like saying like, hey, we need tab. beans and rice to survive, and put it on my tab. And the guy's like, all right, I know where you live, you know. Yeah. Like, eventually I'll get paid back. So. Jeez. That's outrageous me. that they like just paper didn't records. pay for. That's like over a year, right? Yeah. How is that possible? Five quarters. I'm surprised they were still like those. Those are respectable men that they would stay yeah. through all of that. And Boyd, unfortunately, I told you he died on duty. He died before that housing addition was complete. Dang. So that was kind of the the last of his records was helping to manage that that effort. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to show you. Why does that say North Head Light? North Head Light. Uh, this is the transferred. So this is a different. This is not. Um, this is Cape Disappointment. I want to show you North Head Light. They're so identical. Yeah. But the <laughs> dwelling, I think, is behind here. I so. would have never guessed that those were different lighthouses. Yeah. So cute. Was so. North Head not. North Head was not one of the eight. Original. It was not. Okay. Uh, but they use the same plans, obviously, as Cape Disappointment. Yeah. They learned. I mean, financially alone, it makes sense. But look at the yeah. windows are slightly different. Yeah, right. Um, so, but we'll talk about this photo is kind of fun. Um, actually, I, d- I don't think I included it, but there was what they called a presidential party at the lighthouse. Okay. But it wasn't, it wasn't like I think of like a planned party. It was a visitation by local fine women. And that were accompanied by gentlemen. Oh, what? They came out to visit the lighthouse to see what's going on out here. Oh, with their chaperones. They, they brought their own ship and they docked and then. Huh? Mm-hmm. And they these dressed. Are, these are fine ladies. They from dressed like in fine clothes. Around, not just for, from town. Yeah. I want to say this is 1880 that picture was taken. What? It was before 1900. And so these hats and this fashion and. Like these are these are very wealthy people. Yes, and they uh, complimented the lighthouse and its appearance and upkeep, and 
its uh, social standing in the in the community yeah. and the, all that was recorded. Been blessed by all these rich people's yeah. presence. It was recorded, and <laughs> I just think this is one of the hardest pictures of like leaning on a fifteen-inch gun with your yeah casually with yeah. your nice dresses. I may have to check all my dates, and then this one as well, like a guy looking out with a what is that? What is it called? A telescope. Or telescope. Periscope. I was thinking a sextant, but that's a little measuring device. Right. And yeah, I don't know, just hanging out. It's pretty cool, but it's so funny. Another story and for unfortunate events. Oh, one more question. Yeah. Uh, is that a is that for um that there both of them have a wire coming out the top? Is that for lightning strikes? Mm -hmm. That's oh. a lightning rod. Okay, so yep. it's grounded further away from the lighthouse. Yeah, grounded further away, and I assume it keeps it off of the metal that is the oh. lantern room. Yeah, that would make sense. Which probably helps. We mentioned that in our yeah um, history boo when we talked about it, like it how to isolate can't it. Can't be touching. Yeah. Yeah, non-ferrous metals are used for some of the couplers sometimes too, like like aluminum or mm -hmm. uh, aluminum is the only one I know. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever else. Other ones. <laughs> so, uh, I'm gonna uh, a dip into the life-saving effort. So, in 1858, uh, which not is too, not too, too. before this effort, assistant keeper. Uh, Harrington was crossing over the river to Astoria, the city nearby, mm -hmm. uh, when it capsized, his, his personal boat. A man on the far shore saw the assistant climb into the bottom of the upsized boat. Oh. And we're talking old days. Yeah. He, quote, sent three Indians in a canoe to rescue him. Sent. Okay. Yeah. But before they could <laughs> reach him, the boat drifted into the breakers, and Harrington was never seen again. Oh, <gasps> no way. Assistant oh. keeper. He's just going to get supplies or going to town for his leave, whatever it was. There's so many stories like that. Assistant keepers just yeah. and never being seen again, like not even being able to find them because yeah. the areas where they have lighthouses oh. are so such treacherous waters that th it's just like, well, he's somewhere. Yeah. But well, I always think of Triangle Island because that was one of my earlier episodes yeah. I covered, and like how treacherous because it, it it's far away, but it's still northwest mm -hmm. and it's still Pacific. And I think of like how crazy the storms were out there. Oh. They lifted, they lifted the buildings. They they knocked over chimneys. Like yeah, and in Tillamook they talk about like waves hitting the oh. rock so hard that boulders would come flying up. Like that's mind blowing. Water is terrifying. Yeah. And this is probably a clear day. Yes, I don't, I don't imagine he's like, oh, it's a storm. Yeah. I'm gonna go to town. Yeah, this is not like capsized by waves. It's yeah. Just so. Um, Cape Disappointment Light Station was tended by uh, Captain Joel Munson. Uh, he was at the lighthouse tender, 1865 to 77. Um, in 65, a ship called the Industry wrecked near the Cape. Uh, 24 people are, were on board. Only seven of them survived. Yikes. It's because they didn't have any life-saving equipment. The, the, <sighs> the lighthouse keepers just saw this happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, what can you really do? And, and especially yeah. here where getting in the water is bad news. So and people wait eight days for conditions to be good enough to try yeah. to go like there's no way a, a keeper in some other stories where keepers you know row out in their boat and save people and go back and forth like that's not possible here it's exactly what munson wanted to do so <laughs> he was great greatly disturbed uh, that more people could not have been saved yeah um so he found he found, I love history, this guy <laughs> found a battered longboat on the beach. Oh, my gosh. He decided to rebuild it for use as a oh, life-saving boat. Casually found, found and it. reused. He probably stole that <laughs> shit. Mun Munson was an accomplished fiddler and organized two dances in the city of Astoria. 
charging, seems unrelated information. You charge two dollars and fifty per person, <laughs> and uh, to raise over two hundred dollars at the time in the eighteen hundreds to fix up the boat. An old sailor helped Munson fit the boat with cork-filled fenders. Okay, kind of neat, innovative. Yeah. And the keepers uh, built a boathouse at the station, the lighthouse station. My gosh! So this is the first life-saving craft at Cape Disappointment. Mm-hmm. Oh. So 1866, um, a boat called the Scranton was loaded with 800 tons of freight from San Francisco, was driven into the middle sands of the bar. The keeper Munson, on duty, launched his craft with a few other men and was able to rescue the entire crew. Holy cow. Ironically, the captain of that ship, Paul Corno of the Scranton, was also one of the seven survivors of the industry that had wrecked only one year earlier. He was probably like... Is it me? <laughs> Seven survived. What are the odds? The fact that he goes out on He's the water still a is insane. Yeah. That and he sick. crashes at the same place. Oh, crap. I didn't. It is him. The bigger <laughs> ship. Um, so, through Munson's efforts, a life saving station was established at Cape Disappointment in the year 1871. Nice. The famous craft became part of the station's initial equipment, the, the boat he built. He refurbished the boat. Is it like you can. As in, like, it, it's... It was, like, the boat. And could you see it today? Like, do they have it preserved? Yep. Yes. The tradition of life-saving continues today at the Coast Guard Lifeboat Station. And the training school was established on the Cape. Ah, very cool. You're stealing everything. That's all I got to say. So I can't even do anything now. Oh, there's lots to cover. Fine. I'll still do a history boot. A new, <laughs> in 1871 as well, separate, separate category, a new uh, double dwelling was made for the keepers. It was built... Uh, it was 1,300 feet north of the lighthouse. Um, each side of the duplex had 11 rooms. So Whoa. this is a big old lighthouse operation. Yeah. The principal keeper occupied one side, 11 rooms, ballin', and the two Out assistants shared the other. So new bell house was built that year uh, because a gun blast from a nearby oh. cannon uh, shattered the old one. Wonder where that came from. Shattered the bell house. The station's fog bell was discontinued in 1881 and transferred to what is now West Point Lighthouse and the Puget Sound. Okay. Which I was like, West Point? Like, no, not that one, but, you know, the Military Academy. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know, but. Well, let me look it up. No. Before I misquote myself. <laughs> West Point. I know people who went there. Yeah, it's in New York. Yeah, Puget Sound's in Washington. Okay, just had to make sure. Oh, you had to, clutch your I had pearls. to check myself. <laughs> so I'm going to slide. Oh, right here. This is the party. Um, James Anderson served as assistant keeper for several years before being promoted to head keeper nice. at a different lighthouse. Oh. Four years there, he returned, and he was the head keeper at Cape Disappointment. On purpose, or did they assign him to Cape he, Disappointment? He replaced Munson when Munson retired. Oh, I see. Um, and he already knew the stuff, so yeah. he already knew the lighthouse. I, I just wonder if this is like somewhere people don't want to be. It, it's, it sounds like a challenging but respected place. Yeah. Well, if they're having fancy lady parties, then... Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> yes. Life-saving, yeah. <laughs> um, so he was 17 years at the Lighthouse, um, Anderson, and some of his entries are as follows. 1881, oh. marriage at the Lightkeeper's Dwelling House. James, marriage. James Anderson to Henrietta Sorensen. Ah. Light breeze from the southwest, very warm. James was 54 years old. Henrietta was 24 years old. Oh, yikes. It was a beautiful Dad? day. Uh, 1883, a more beautiful sunset could never have been witnessed in the last as last night. 
so brilliant clouds and horizon all around for great distance with all imaginable colors and kinds and everything I could behold for about 20 minutes after the setting of the sun mm. when all changed. <gasps> changed lighthouse lamp and burner. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that like it had stormed or something. Uh, two days later, born at the light keeper's dwelling at 3 a.m. to the wife of James Anderson, a daughter. Uh, in ten, the, in ten, the lighthouse, in the keeper's cottage? Mm, yep. Ten months later, infant daughter of James Anderson and Henrietta Anderson died at 4 a.m. <gasps> no. Yep. Uh, the fort was called Fort Canby, by the way. She was aged nine months, 26 days. Peace be with her soul. Dang. And 1885. Died at Keeper's Dwelling House, infant child of James Anderson, 4 o'clock p.m. Henrietta Mary, Marie Anderson, age 5 months, 15 days. Do they say what from these deaths? No. I don't think they knew in the 1800s. Yeah. You know, he just died. You know, sudden instant, what is it, SIDS? Sudden, yeah. Infant, infant death, yeah. Um, or could have had birth anomalies or could have been the weather. It's cold, you know. Yeah. I don't know. So it makes me sad, but big bummer. That that the point of that of those entries was that there was a big variation in what was happening at that lighthouse. Yeah. So what is this? Oh, North Head. Yeah. So North Head in its final and still to today, Ew. this is what it looks like. It's different. I know it's not as nice as it was. <laughs> it, I think they had more money, and I don't know the full story, but I just it's more official. Yeah. But this little fourth order, these are red panes of glass. So cute. It's, it's black and white, but these are red panes. This yeah. is what replaced the first order lens at Cape Disappointment. Mm. Um, red and white flashing. Yep. That's fun. Yep. The original one was flashing or fixed? Solid white, I think. Okay. That would make sense if you were trying to line up to it and come into the is it come into the, the mouth of the river. Mm -hmm. What is that called? The Into the Cape. The Cape was like a, an inlet. Yeah, the inline. Like a, like a subtraction of like Earth. I there's a name. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's some kind of name for it, but whatever. So the first order lens that we're talking about is still on display at the Lewis and Clark Interpretive Center at Cape Disappointment State Oh, Park. fun. Um, the black band, which is not shown in this image, but it's now shown on today's um, Cape Disappointment, that was added in 1930 to oh. distinguish it separately from North Head. Oh, I just forgot about it. There's It's... White and then a large black band in the middle. Yep. And North Head is only two miles away. Oh, yeah. So that's nice. There's a Toyota Tacoma, I think. <laughs> so th the point of this is this is a modern. Current, modern yeah. View. Current photo. Yep. So what's on the far side of the lighthouse? There's a building there that looks newer, like military kind of. Um, is that like a radio station? It is. Okay. That, so they call it a Class C radio beacon. Mm. I don't know what that means, but a class. it was established in 1936 at... Um, Cape Disappointment, uh, the lighthouse. The following year, the light was electrified. So 1937, light was electrified, but it wasn't wow. automated. Um, and so it stayed that way for 30 years. In the 60s, the Coast Guard was going to discontinue it. It said that there are other range lights now in the area. Mm -hmm. yeah. Protests, yeah. of course. Let's go protest of by course. the Columbia River Bar pilots. You can make it different. Which are an important group still to today in this area. Um, to keep the light in service because they, they knew it. They don't, well, don't change stuff. Yeah. The light was automated in 1973, but which is pretty late. Mm -hmm. But the uh, original icon of the Northwest Lighthouses, still equipped with its fourth order lens, remains active to today. Ah, still has a Fresnel lens. Yep. Love that. Spinny, red and white, fourth Spinny order. Spinny dude. So, and you can, I showed you that first image. That was kind of a drone image. I got another one for you. 
this is kind of a drone image too, I guess. But yeah. this, we just looked from the other side. Now this side, I just this is so pretty. Dead Man's Cove. It's very scary land. Wow, that's a great picture. So this is oh look a man. <laughs> this is nearby. Um, there, I didn't want to cover it because there's too much detail. You can look it up on your own if you're interested. Yeah. There's a hike. Where oh, you can get this view. Hike. And then up along the trail, you can also be in Dead Man's Cove. There's like a tree in the middle of the water. It's really pretty. Um, and it, of course, tide comes in and out. And, yeah. Um, but this is a beautiful area to hike in. You have the evergreens going all the way up to the coast. And there are some really dramatic pictures here of different waves breaking, you know. Yeah, it's big. probably a pretty noisy area. Yeah. So I just think that's super cool. Um, we have a giveaway. <laughs> Let's go. Let's if you've made it this it. far. You might win. We appreciate you all. So that is that is my story. And I've seen so much. And it's been like a week of learning about Cape Disappointment yeah. Lighthouse that I included only a couple items. We could probably talk like a three-part mm-hmm. on this. So, Especially when you get your hands on like keepers, entries, and like correspondence and stuff, it's easy to go down the rabbit hole. Well, the, the I got to give a shout out. One, Lighthouse Friends, of course, oh, is yeah, a always. great source. But two, um, they I saw they cited a source, which was from USALHS. Mm-hmm. A paper was written in 2005. Oh, did you go? You went deep into their I website. I read the whole thing, man. <laughs> and some of these images came from there. Um, they just did a great job. I know yeah. it's a historical society, so. And like I mentioned last time, they they changed their website, so now it's a lot easier to research on it. Yeah. And uh, so they did a good job with that. So they they do a good job. We really appreciate it. But um, it's just a beautiful part. I wanted to say I started with all I was going to cover today was the Orioles crash. Right. Because it was like, oh, it was a ship that was uh, delivering lighthouse parts and it crashed. Mm -hmm. That's funny. And then they built a lighthouse right next to where it crashed. (laughs) It's funny. I didn't know all the connections. And then I was like, oh, I've got to talk about Cape Disappointment. So, Excellent but, episode. I'm yeah. so glad we finally covered that because we've talked about it a lot. Just How often do I get to on. use my own pictures? Huh? That's pretty Oh, fancy. yeah. So thank you all for listening. Um, and follow us. S- uh, send us a, a share on the any <laughs> platform. Um, but I, Yeah, I, giveaway officially open when this yeah. baby drops. And then we're going to pick a winner on Christmas Day. as a we, We'll have an episode dropping there, too. It'll just be a little one, a little cute one um but we'll be announcing the winner of our giveaway and then we'll ship for free anywhere within the u.s sorry to all of our international friends we do have a lot of international friends yeah canada is high up there as well canadia as i like to say (laughs) (laughs) all right yeah you want to close us out yeah follow us on instagram and you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Google, anywhere you listen to your podcast, or on thelighthouselithon.com, where you can also leave us a review. Please do it. We love to read reviews. We had a couple more people leave voicemails. You can do that on our website as well. Nice. And uh, check out our YouTube, where you can see what we're looking at while we're doing our podcast. So you should do that and enter our giveaway. You go. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on The Lighthouse Lowdown.